the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is hour two of the Friday edition here. Glad to have you uh, wrapping up the week with us as we roll into a holiday weekend. Happy Hanukkah, by the way, to my Jewish brothers and sisters out there. And uh, just know that uh, we care about you. We love you. And we hope that you stay safe because certainly the rise of anti-Semitism has everyone concerned, especially during Hanukkah. Um, I tell you what else we're concerned about is that uh, we've got a U.S. government that's uh, treating us like the domestic terrorist instead of the American citizens like we're the domestic terrorist instead of the actual terrorist happening. Uh, the Islam, the Islamic terrorists are coming across the border and um, as well as the terrorists that are already here. There's different kinds of terrorism happening in this country. Uh, and at, at the end, at, at the end of the day, though, it's the FBI that's not bothering to look at them, not bothering. They're pretending that they are, but we know that the counterterrorism efforts in the United States of America are against MAGA, against those who question the outcome of an election, against parents that speak up at school board meetings, and uh, that's one of the reasons why. It's not just an issue. This uh, post October seventh is not just about uh, Israel, though. It's also a, about Western civilization and the effort to transform the United States from a constitutional republic to their communist utopia. Before I go further, I got to bring in the man, my partner every night of the week, who understands this as good as well as anybody, and it's the one and only DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon, like a dungeon dragon, high heat, broccolini. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. It's the second hour already. I just can't believe it. Um, You can all find me on X, Riley underscore McBride underscore. Happy to be here. Yeah, so um, you and I covered the, the, uh, as much as we could, the hearing the other day, the Christopher Ray. Came came before uh, Congress for accountability, and of course, you know it's the same old, same old. Can't discuss anything, you know. That's you know, investigations are ongoing. Here's what we know: we know right now that Special Counsel Jack Smith has been able to subpoena and get the records of X of anybody that interacted with the Trump campaign with Trump uh, between October 2020 and January of 2021. We know that there's the hemisphere spying program that involves the U.S. government partnering with AT&T to uh, compile records of Americans secretly against us in our phone records. Uh, We know that the FBI has been uh, spying on us through FISA and going back. We've, We've known that from from the beginning 
right? Anybody who's been paying attention to the Russian collusion hoax. Um, and so it has was astounding to many of us this week that Speaker Mike Johnson was not going to, was actually going to, let me say it this way, he was actually going to include continued surveillance of Americans in the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act. So I reached out to the FBI whistleblower, Steve Friend, to come on the show tonight to discuss uh, the FBI their role, not just in covering up the crimes of Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family, but the way in which the FBI is, is partnering uh, with the DOJ and the Democrats uh, in an effort to be weaponized against the U.S. citizens. Steve Friend, welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Oh, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. So, Steve Friend, with everything that you just heard me say, um, your thoughts, I want to get your perspective on uh, the Republican Party, uh, Mike Johnson, including uh, the expansion of the FISA, um, uh, FISA warrants in the NDAA and everything that the FBI is doing in the counterterrorism efforts, which is to go after Americans as the terrorist and not the Islamists coming across our border. Well, I, I'll take that last part first. Uh, and, and during your introduction, you, I don't believe you intentionally did it, but uh, I thought you made uh, you highlighted a few things that I, I, I would like your audience to know. Uh, and, and that is what was talked about in very briefly in the senatorial and that was the agave the acronym that the fbi has it's the latest evolution of domestic terrorism it's a g a a v e it stands for anti-government anti-authority violent extremists and that's the new evolution off of the domestic violent extremists which was an evolution off of the homegrown violent extremists so we're now in our fourth iteration of the fbi's war on terrorism in quotes and what you have to understand about the agave is the FBI has put out and published in the last few years that that is someone who has just a perception of government overreach, negligence, or illegitimacy. So let's just put this in, into perspective. If you have a perception that the government might have overstepped its bounds when it required you to wear a mask to fly or may have been negligent at the southern border, or you question the legitimacy of the greatest mail-in ballot scheme and the history of the country, you fit the profile of a domestic terrorism in the eyes of the FBI, which I think would be large, significant portions of the country. So the FBI is really weaponized against people who are the, they deem to be politically problematic. Well, yeah, we know that um, that they don't consider the I- Islamists, the even Hamas that's come across the border as problematic because otherwise Christopher Ray might have actually suggested that we seal the border. Instead, uh, we know that all of the efforts are going to um, to persecute and prosecute any Americans that are a threat to them. I don't know if you heard, in addition to all the the other programs we talked about, that now we've heard, thanks to some other whistleblowers with the air marshals, is that they're tracking. They're not not actually on flights trying to see if there's any terrorists that want to take a plane down or crazy people. Uh, They're actually tracking anybody that was around D.C. on January 6th. So, I mean, the, the, the front against the American people is just, it's almost overwhelming, Steve Friend. It is. We, it's it's uh, <laughs> Sonia Labasco Sonia is actually a friend of mine. She's a retired air marshal. She's been exposing that for over a year, and it's just finally caught on tra- traction. That's called the Quiet Skies Program. 
And what people need to understand is the uh, the, the TSA handed over the manifest of everyone who flew into the Capitol between January 5th and January 7th, whether or not they attended President Trump's speech. They could have been going on a field trip. They could have lived in the area. And those those roles of individuals were then put within the, the Quiet Skies program. And because the air marshals are being sent to the border to make sandwiches for all the illegals who are crossing, they are going to fall short of their quota for the number of flights that they have to fly this year, which is why they're using these 102s, as they're referred to, these, these people that are in the Quiet Skies program who are not accused of anything pertaining to domestic terrorism, but they're still nonetheless under surveillance and investigation by the Air Marshal Service. They're flying three air marshals per flight on each one of these people, in addition to the extra screening that they need to do. And, and this is just yet the latest iteration of the process becoming the punishment, the government using all the levers at its disposal, all the investigatory processes to just punish people. And that is not in keeping with what law enforcement is. That's not in keeping with what we expect of our government. Our government should only be about following the process, following the law, the Constitution, and then then it plays out in court in front of a jury of your peers. But now we're seeing a government that's very happy to not only put its thumb on the scales, but its entire arm on the scale to get a win in the win column as opposed to just letting it play out. Yeah, it's it's so overwhelming to me. All the, You know, I initially thought going back to, you know, I've been obviously following all of this now for years. And, you know, I, the FISA stuff, that was really where I thought the extent of the surveillance was. Like many people, we thought that it was really about Trump initially. And um, and it was really just it, it was really just a part of the Patriot Act with the FISA. Uh, we didn't realize the extent of which the rest of our government had been working on ways um, to to come at us in order, you know, for for our politics, we're now at a level of North Korea or Castro's Cuba. I think that there's no way that we could, and and, and, and instead of fighting over you know, FISA stuff. I mean, that just seems like that doesn't even, I'm glad Mike Lee is fighting over that. Um, but honestly, at this point, we need to be thinking bigger than that. Shouldn't we, Steve friend, shouldn't we be thinking about just completely dismantling the FBI at this point? Your thoughts? Well, I, I would, uh, I would don't think they're mutually exclusive. The, the fact that we're okay. even contemplating renewing section 702 FISA uh, is absolutely a disgrace. It's despicable. Any Republican who votes for it is complicit with the weaponization that we're seeing. This is the ring of power that that the FBI has proven incapable of wielding. They've abused it millions of times. It's intended to be a counterintelligence tool to identify potential bad actors overseas, foreign intelligence operatives. But it's been used reverse to reverse target American citizens inside the U.S. And the FBI is not hiding it. Look, Christopher Ray goes and, and says, oh, well, we, we've made corrections. We're only messing up 2% of the time. Well, 2% of a million is 20,000, which would be mm-hmm. 20,000 improper searches. And they're even bragging about how they're using 702 to do things like combat, uh, combat fentanyl trafficking at the border. Well, that's not what it's for. So they're abusing the tool regularly, and they're trying to pull on people's heartstrings with things that, that sound good, like, hey, you want your FBI to be combating drug trafficking, but they're using the tool improperly. And this is just, the, you, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a Hitler built the Audubon type of scenario where they're able to do one thing that's good. Therefore, the tool should be, be renewed. And, and, I, and as far as defunding and dismantling the FBI, I, I 100 percent share your sentiments. 
Uh, unfortunately, I, I think that too many of our elected officials lack the testicular fortitude to make that happen. Uh, but I, I think that they could if, if they are actually uh, questioning minds and then willing to take on some new ideas, think outside the box. I've proposed that they should just simply take all the guns away from the FBI and make Ooh. it an unarmed investigative agency and then therefore force it to partner with local sheriffs and police departments in order to help in local investigations. And if there's a federal nexus, then what we would do is cross-deputize a local sheriff's deputy and have him bring the case to the U.S. Attorney's Office. Therefore, we have a gun in the room carrying out the investigation, but you're going to be doing the bidding of a local sheriff who's incentivized to bring the crime down, whereas the FBI now is incentivized wholly to bring the crime stats up so they can justify their budget. Well, as well as to control the outcome of the elections by covering up the crimes being committed by Democrats. Uh, The DOJ would not have been able to slow walk. It wasn't just the IRS slow walking the investigations into the Biden crime family. It was the FBI as well, Um, whether it was involving the Hunter Biden laptop or or whether or not it involved the criminal investigations. Because, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't law enforcement work with prosecutors, whether it's at the federal level or whether it's at the, you know, at the state level? Um, the two are, are tied together. And the FBI was also coordinating with big tech to control the messaging in terms of uh, what we were allowed uh, to hear. The, the FBI was also working to round up every little old lady that was within any, you know, a uh, hundred yards of the Capitol, you know, to throw them into the gulag. So, um, you know, there's, there's, they're absolutely at this point a force uh, for evil. And I just, I, I just feel like I speak on behalf of so many Americans that we're just feeling overwhelmed as to whether or not things are only going to get worse and, and things are never going to get better. And so let me ask you this. Do you have hope and in whom or in what that things will get better and we will have a restoration of our freedoms? You know, I, I think it's going to require a lot of, of uh, willingness to think outside the box from people. And and, and I, frankly, I haven't seen any of the action that we were even promised during the midterms last year. You know, I've been asked, having testified, you know, to, to ask about we, what do I think of what's going on with the weaponization committee. And, uh, you know, I, I've just now fallen back on saying, well, I'll, I'll comment when I see them actually do something. I'll, I'll provide my, my perspective on that. I think that there's there's too much of the same old politics that goes on where we say things to get ourselves elected, get ourselves on TV and to fundraise and to win re-election. Uh, but nobody really wants to change the status quo. And I think that there is a growing appetite that it's necessary to have a change here because people are, you look at the, just the general uh, perspective, it's somewhere between 60 and 70% of Americans want the FBI either eliminated or radically changed. So I think once our elected officials actually grasp onto that and then overcome their uh, their fear of being labeled as a defund the police person and, and figure out how to message it, like like what I just said, let's empower mm-hmm. local police. Let's look to the doctrine of the lesser magistrate as a true constitutional republic should. I think that's maybe a little bit more palatable for them. But I, I, it can't just be we need a change at the top. There needs to be right. a fundamental change to the DNA that's been adopted. Absolutely. Well, you are a, a patriot, a hero, and certainly a fabulous messenger. Uh, Steve Friend, the FBI whistleblower, podcast host of at AM Rad Pod. Uh, he's also written the book True Blue. And we thank you for your sacrifices for this country and for being here on the show tonight. 
Thank you, Andrew. Have a great weekend. Merry Christmas. You too. Merry Christmas. All right. And you guys stick around because we've got more convo happening on the other side of the break. Stay with us. Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Are you guys ready for some good news? You know, on Fridays, by the way, we always wrap the show with Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. I've now got a segment for you guys that actually includes some really, really good news. And one of my nominees this week for Hero of the Week. And I mean this completely seriously. And y'all know that one of the things, well, hmm, let me do it this way. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to steal his thunder from the good news that he is about to share with you guys. So let me bring in my next guest. It's a special guest on tonight's Andrea K. Show, a good friend of mine, former Colorado State Senator, uh, former chair of committee to defeat the president, uh, sometimes runner, I guess, occasionally, according to his profile. You can follow him on X at Ted Harvey. He's been on the Andrea K. Show before, and I, we were panelists together for a long time on Newsmax. It is, of course, my good friend, Ted Harvey, and he joins me now. Hello, buddy. How are you? Good evening, my friend. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you so much. I'm super excited. I just I don't want to tease it out anymore. I'm so honored to have you here tonight, and I want you to share the good news with everybody listening. Well, thank you very much. As many of your listeners know, you and I have been fighting the good fight for the conservative movement for years. We've been on TV together on multiple occasions, and um, I, I, I have been an elected official for 13 years here in Colorado in the state legislature. And many of your listeners know my congressman, Ken Buck, um, had been voting for Liz Cheney into leadership and voting a lot of terrible things over the last two years. And the heat got too hot, and he decided to step aside and uh, retire from the legis- from Congress. And I threw my hat in the ring on Wednesday night, and we are hitting the ground running, and we are going to provide the people of the 4th Congressional District in Colorado a true, solid, pro-Trump conservative that um, will fight the, the radical left in the Democrat Party and also the establishment right in our own party. And so I'm excited to announce my candidacy, candidacy and hit the ground running. I could not be happier about this news. I, I, By the way, one of the reasons why I'm nominating you for Hero of the Week is one of the things I always say when I speak um, at Republican events, and, and whenever I, I'm asked to speak, there's almost always a candidate for office somewhere. And whether it is, you know, a school board, you know, city council, whatever. And I always say that it is so difficult to run for office. It is so nasty now. It is so painstaking. It's not like running for office 20, 30 years ago because of 
Of course, it's a blood sport and it is such a sacrifice. And so I, I just consider you my hero of the week, Ted, because you're willing to do this. And you're one of the people that's willing to do it for the right reasons. And now more than ever, we need true patriots, true conservatives stepping into the arena. And for example, if, if you know, I'm sure that you watched the, uh, well, I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, it, did you watch the fourth debate that took place this week? And if you did, then I think you you will agree with me that the Chris Christie's, the Nikki Haley's, uh, who have been the the brand of the Republican Party, they, they, they are just another Ken Buck. These people have to go. Am I right? Without a doubt. Um, you know, I always thought you, you when you saw Nikki Haley as the U.S. ambassador for the, to, to the U.N. for Trump, she was up there fighting the good fight and throwing the punches, defending Israel. And then she gets out and she wants to run for president of the United States. And it's like she just lost all credibility and sold her mm-hmm. soul to the establishment neocons who want to go to war everywhere. And she's willing to do that to get their money to be able to run for president when Everybody knows none of them on that stage are going to become president of the United States in 2024. Donald Trump is our nominee. Everybody knows he's our nominee, and they need to all step aside. And, you know, we are I I passionately believe that we are in the second American revolution right now. And thankfully, our founding fathers gave us the ballot box to fight our revolutions. But um, I, I think that if we don't elect solid conservatives that will go to Congress and fight for our freedoms and our liberties and also stand shoulder to shoulder with Donald Trump to mm-hmm. take back our country, I'm not sure if we're going to have another shot at this. And I, so yeah, I agree. At, you look at the Chris Christie's and everybody else. It's just embarrassing what they're trying to do just to, to make a name for themselves. Well, you know, the best thing that I liked about the debate was Megyn Kelly, because she opened that debate and eat with each opening question, uh, hit each one of them for, you know, Ramaswamy, who isn't really, you know, um, I'm just glad he's on the stage because he's calling out the Republican Party, the establishment, and the other three candidates who he accurately described as Trump bootlickers until they had their own opportunistic yep. uh, goals. Uh, she called out DeSantis for his electability issues. He's down 30 points in his own state. She called out Chris Christie for the fact that he's supposedly running to take out Trump and New Hampshire citizens are saying they'd be angry if he actually won the nomination. And she called out Nikki Haley for being the the poster gal for crony capitalism who was bankrupt after the UN and is now worth millions off the military industrial complex. And now we hear reports that the RNC says we're done with RNC debates. It is now time for the primary voters uh, to make their decision. And one of the things that came out and, and, you know, in the debate is that Vivek Ramaswamy said, and here, this is going to be my question for you. Uh, He said, why am I the only one on this stage that's willing to say Jan 6 is an inside job? Why am I the only one on the stage willing to say the government lied to us about Saudi Arabia's role in 9-11? Why am I the only one that's willing to say on this stage that the great replacement theory is 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 actually true? He called out the deep state. He called out the truth about everything. That is MAGA. That is America first, right? Do you agree? Well, I don't think there's any way you can look at what happened 
in 2016, before the election, when the head of the um, CIA, John Brennan, went into the White House with Obama and Vice President Biden and um, James Comey and told him, we have the evidence, we know for a fact that Hillary Clinton and her campaign are the ones that came up with the Steele dossier. And it's all made up and it's nothing more than than political propaganda. James Comey, the next day, went out there and started an investigation against Donald Trump, knowing that that the document was was all made up. And they came up with this scheme to um, literally bring down the Trump campaign and then used it to bring down the Trump administration with the Mueller investigation for over two years so that there would be a cloud over the Republican Party and Nancy Pelosi could become speaker so that she could then proceed with impeachment hearings for the next two years. The, our, the intelligence community and the Democrats have been working to do everything they could to bring down Donald Trump and anybody that supports him. And I think if you watch the videos that came out just recently, because the Democrats mm-hmm. have been holding it back for all these years, I don't think there's any way that you can say that there was not a large number of military or, or, or FBI assets on the ground um, on January 6th. Does that mean that there weren't stupid people that did stupid things on January 6th of course. and mm-hmm. got, got over rambunctious and, and started a riot? Absolutely. But the majority of the people I was I was at the White House for the for the president's speech that day. So the majority, 99 percent of the people that were there were God fearing patriots who loved their country mm-hmm. and would never do anything um, anywhere close to what the Democrats have been trying to paint um, Trump supporters as. And they used the opportunity of the 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 riot and the um, efforts of the. The mili- I always say the military, the government assets that were on the ground that were trying to mm-hmm. stir up the, the crowd um, to then be able to paint Donald Trump and all of us as a bunch of criminals. And they've been doing it ever since January 6th. And that's why you see all these court cases, because they're scared to death. The deep state mm-hmm. is scared to death if Donald Trump gets elected and is able to do what he's told everybody he's going to do. He's going to start cutting out all of the the bloat in Washington, D.C. and drain the swamp. And they're scared to death. They're going to lose their power. And they should be because they're going. Good. And that's one of the reasons why I brought this up, because for me, the number one issue is really the deep state. It's the FBI, the DOJ, the, the, the CDC, the NIH, all the different institutions that are working with unelected bureaucrats, working to control the outcome of our elections, working to cover up the crimes of the elites in this country, particularly the Democrats, in order to control the outcome of elections. The way that they're, they're partnering with big tech to silence us and to suppress us in, in order to control control the outcome of the elections and cover up the crimes uh, while the rest of us, you know, we, we see right now, I, you know, I, I don't know if you agree with me, but these Hunter Biden charges are nothing but to me. Um, it's a way it, they're actually filed indict these in charges against Hunter Biden as a way to cover up for Joe Biden. We're never going to uh, be um, uh, make America great again until we can route out the deep state 
who were working behind the scenes to persecute us and prosecute us and control this nation and transform us into their communist utopia. What would you do as a congressman replacing Buck to push back against that and to restore our liberties? Well, I would demand accountability for all of the um, folks who did violate all of our civil rights. Um, I, I know people who have been arrested because they just happened to walk through the doors of the Capitol on January 6th. And the FBI stormed their houses, took their computers and took their phones and violated their constitutional rights of due process. And and this is it's not just that. I mean, there's all, all of the parents that went to. Uh, school board meetings, and then had the FBI tracking them, tr- writing down their, their license plates and tracking them and, can, and putting them in a database as domestic terrorists. That This is ridiculous. And yet we have nobody in the Republican Party holding them accountable. What I want to see is a law that says if you violate the law, if you violate the Constitution, you no longer have um, liability protection for, as, as being a federal civil servant. You can be Ooh. sued. You can be sued civilly and and charged criminally criminally for violating people's civil liberties. And right now they can do whatever they want because they know that nobody can ever touch them. And we need to change that and we need to hold them accountable. I love that answer. I love that answer. Um, At the same time, um, we've got... Um, and we don't have a huge amount of time. I, I would like to have you come back on a regular basis so that we can go into each of these areas uh, more more at length. Um, because the, one of the things the Republican Party uh, has done a really terrible job of is getting in and fighting the cultural issues. You cannot be fiscally conservative and socially liberal because it's the social liberal stuff that is destroying this nation, particularly the transgender movement that's destroying children. And I think, and, and to hear Chris Christie the other night say, oh, I trust parents. It's a parents' rights issue. I agree with DeSantis who said, this isn't, we don't let parents abuse their children. We're mutilating right. children out there. Right. Would you support in Congress, would you support legislation that would ban these puberty blockers and all of this transgender crap on children? Without a doubt. I mean, the, the federal government already regulates all kinds of, of medical procedures and um, prescription drugs. So why would we not extend that into mm-hmm. just what you said, puberty blockers and everything else, and say that you cannot do this on minor children? I don't care whether it, you are at a, at a. I mean, I do consider it uh, child abuse, and and we protect children from child abusers all day long, all across this country all, for various reasons. This is another reason why. This needs to rise to that level that it is child abuse, because it is. And I, I think the parents are doing it purely for um, to be part of the in-political crowd at the expense mm-hmm. of their kids. And their kids are doing mm-hmm. it because they want to be a part of the in-political crowd. And yeah. nobody is there to protect them for because they're, they're minors and they, they are not fully able to think for themselves. Well, listen, you Andrew K. Show listeners can tell just from this brief segment that Ted Harvey's your dude to replace Ted Buck. And by the way, all Congress people, even if you don't live in this district, all affect all of our lives, right? We all get that. Ted, That's how can they exactly support your right. campaign? How can they support well, you? Well, thank you. Thank you. Go to tedharvey.com. 
TedHarvey.com. Hit that donation page. It's going to take a lot of money to yes. beat the opponents that are running against me. So if any of you all out in California want to help a Colorado boy, go to the donation page at TedHarvey.com and help us out. Thank you so much for running, Ted. Thank you for being here tonight. God bless. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. All right. Are you guys, uh, you, you, you love travel out there? Well, you better get ready for your carbon passport. We're going to share that with you when we come back. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. I don't know about y'all, but I love to travel. Y'all know that, uh, you longtime Andrea Kay Show listeners, my friends out there, y'all know that how much I, my bucket list is the Maldives. That's the top of my bucket list. And it, it will, it takes like 24 to 36 hours, if not even longer to get there. Right. Um, so I, I love to travel. And if you love to travel, you might be needing to rethink your plans because CNN, COP28, by the way, the UN's, uh, conference on climate change is happening over in Dubai. And, uh, one of the things that being talked, that's being talked about and pushed not only over there, but right now through CNN is carbon passports. That's right. CNN actually put out an article the other day and you know that it was obviously in support as their mouthpieces for uh, the climate hucksters is that uh, going forward, you're going to get and there's actually, by the way, this is so serious that that there's actually ads running right now for MasterCard, basically advertising that they want to be the the, the people that will be. Uh, declaring what everybody's carbon footprint is and and tracking it and in order for the to use it for things like the carbon passport and that will be you're only going to be able to fly if you've are if you're within whatever allotment you're going to be given for your carbon p- footprint yeah that's actually coming um, this is the precursor. They have long been planning to control our movements under the guise of ki- climate change, and it's actually about to be upon us. Your thoughts, Sesame? Again, it's the extinctionism versus the humanists. Um, you know, the and it's so, it's just so draconian and cruel. But particularly because you know that none of these ridiculous rules or mandates or climate ESG regulations. They never apply to the elites. We're not going to talk about John Kerry's footprint. We're not going to talk about Barack Obama's giant mansion in Martha's Vineyard. Uh, we're, we're not going to talk about the footprint of the elites who obviously make the the biggest footprint. I mean, they, they, they're flying private limos in giant private jets so they can lecture poor people about yeah. not eating meat. <laughs> yeah. So, for me, it's just yeah. so hard to take any of this seriously, and it's all based on the word of people who've been predicting human extinction since the 1960s unsuccessfully. Paul Ehrlich in 68 with but the population it, bomb and everything right, else but, after that. True, but it's this plan to for these carbon passports and to control our movements mm-hmm. uh, is real. 
Yeah. They're well, in the process of, of, imp, of, of planning this and getting the implementation ready. And you're absolutely right about them never having to live under it. Right now is the UN and their FAO organization is about to uh, push the United States uh, to limit uh, the amount of meat we consume. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's on the big agenda over there? They're advertising over their Wagyu beef burgers and, quote, mouth-watering barbecue. If I believe, they actually... <laughs> They came out with their at the cops. I think they came out and specifically said no more meat or bug based diets right after a literal barbecue. Yes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up, everybody. No, no. And so and this is the precursor, by the way, the carbon uh, passport is the precursor to the 15-minute city where the plan is for us is you'll own nothing and be happy, and that includes apparently not owning a passport, and you're going to be in your little town with your bike riding around with a backpack that uh, holds all of your possessions on your way to the store to hopefully have enough social have have your social credit score make you worthy of buying some uh, lab-grown chicken, okay? That's literally where we're going. And we need to actually like realize that this is real, what they're planning to do to us here. Um, because, and because they're actually seriously planning this, this isn't hyperbole anymore. I I guess it's just so hard to figure out what the end game is. Part of me thinks they're just trying to punish people just because they can. Um, I mean, it's all about power and, and I'm glad you mentioned, but but part of it, I do, I do want to say part just to revisit, I, because this is all very real, but I meant to say earlier that it's just it's based on lies. And I, I don't again, yeah. the climate, cl- the climate cult, the green mafia pretends to have this sort of intellectual superiority. The, the data is on our side. The evidence is on our side. Look at all the what the climate scientists say. And, the, and it's like these are the same scientists that say that men can get pregnant and that the COVID-19 shot was 100 percent safe and effective. So, <laughs> so I guess for me, it's just like this. is, But it's not to downplay. It's just to, it's actually right. to sort of. To your point to say like this is this is the power of propaganda. This whole movement is mobilized by a grand mythology about our relationship to Earth. And it's it's, that's where it starts is reclaiming the narrative from progressives because Mm -hmm. there's so much misinformation and propaganda out there. And it's it's leading to the wokeness that we know that kills because, again, they're out there killing cows in Ireland because they don't want people eating meat. So it's like they will literally go kill innocent helpless animals not to be yeah. eaten they won't even use them they'll just let the, the carcass sit around but just to spite terrible. human beings it's disgusting it's terrible it's disgusting and it's so insane that it's almost like this can't be true the the climate change i'll just leave it on this and then we're going to go take a break and come back with our hero of the week and stink of the week climate change uh, is nothing but a tool a weapon of mass subjugation that's all it is it is a grand the greatest lie i think uh in modern history um or maybe second greatest to to uh the covid scheme that went on all right we're going to take a break we come back we will have here of the week and stink of the week stay tuned Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego.
Welcome back. It is our final segment of tonight's Andrew K. Show. Time for Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. I've already told you guys my hero, and believe it or not, you may not think that somebody running for Congress like Ted Harvey is to replace Ken Buck in Colorado District 4. You may not think that's a hero, but let me tell you, uh, every bit of his life will be under the microscope. We're talking about incredibly long hours, uh, fundraising, trying to speak to people, uh, they're going to be pouring through every comedy ever makes anywhere. It's just an incredibly difficult process um, because of w- what we're battling and whom we're battling. So Ted is my hero of the week. Uh, my stink of the week are these presidents from these colleges and universities, Harvard, MIT, and UPenn, um, for their defense of the indefensible, which is calling for the for for the slaughter of Jews. That's my my stink of the week. So let's move to you, my dude. Who is your stink this week and your hero? My stink this week is Chris Christie because I just I realized watching this last debate that I just think he is such a. Just such a complete. I just think he's not a good person, and I think he's right. he's uh, he's undermining the whole MAGA movement. I think he's a traitor. I guess is plain and simple. Yeah. I think he's anti-America. Um, I agree. I agree with you because and let me because I actually pulled a clip and I'm just not even going to bother to play it. He literally uh, was on uh, some outlet today saying that that uh, th- that there's no impeachment. There's no, uh, there's nothing, uh, basically saying the same thing, talking points that the Democrats are today, that there's no connection, there's no there there to show that Joe Biden had committed any crimes. Yeah, right. And that to me is, and this is from a former, uh, I believe he was the attorney general for the state of New York or U.S. attorney. And that is absolutely a bald face lie. And there's no and 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 why either he is a, a a traitor or he's so anti-Trump that he's willing to prop up treason and to cover up treason because that's how much he hates Trump. Either way, he is an enemy. He's an absolute enemy. So that's a good choice for Stink. Absolutely, yeah, enemy of the people. Well said. Um, mm-hmm. And then my hero. The OpenAI CEO, Sam Altman, who is of Jewish descent, who's very well known in Silicon Valley in the world of tech, Mm -hmm. who has historically downplayed levels of anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism in the Democrat Party and in left-wing circles. But on Thursday, he tweeted out, quote, for a long time, I said that anti-Semitism, particularly on the American left, was not as bad as people claimed. I'd just like to state that I was totally wrong. I still don't understand it really or know what to do about it, but it's terrible. I'm glad that he's finally speaking out because progressives need to, there needs to, I think there's a political realignment underway. I think a lot of people are going to start leaving the Democrat party um, because they're starting to realize that the progressives have an anti-humanist, anti-Western world, Mm anti-Semitic, anti-Christian, anti-white, anti, they want it. They want a police state. They want to lock us up, silence us, censor us. It's it's very clear. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyone who critiques a leftist in power or anyone who critiques leftism, even not being a leftist is enough to make you a target now for the regime. Um, and it's, it's, we see the kind of hate speech laws in Ireland. That kind of stuff is coming here. Um, progressives want to make hate speech laws and do everything they can to control the narrative. So I just I, I think it's really, really cool because that tweet got millions and millions of views. I know it's leading to important conversations. I hope that it's opening the eyes of American progressives or people who, who previously considered themselves to be liberal or Democrats and also open-minded. 
there was nothing open-minded about anti-Zionism or anti-Semitism, and the Democrat Party is showing us all their true colors, their mm-hmm. true roots. So I just I appreciate I appreciate the fact that he admitted that he was wrong and he went public mm-hmm. with it, and hopefully that opens people's eyes. And now they're and they're going to use free speech to defend the calling the calling yeah, of killing it, of Jews. It, it's uh-uh. like these people will sit there and say microaggressions, blah, 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 yes. words that we don't like are literal violence and then also wave Nazi flags and chant yes. from the river to the it, sea yeah. and they don't see the irony. And that's exactly yeah. what I think is becoming clear to people like Sam Altman. Please lead. And again, I'm not going to embrace him or anything because maybe we don't see eye on everything. But on this issue, please look, believe Democrats when they show you who they are and when they say who they mm-hmm. are. They do not stand with the people of Israel. I don't even think they stand with Western civilization or humanity. Humanity, but agreed agreed all right well uh ending this show tonight on 100 agreement love it and we love you and we will be right back here monday 6 p.m pacific time have a wonderful weekend take it easy and keep your head on a swivel three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com